the book of Joshua this morning. We'll be in Joshua chapter number 23. Joshua chapter number 23. And this morning I'm going to read uh, three verses of Scripture uh, for our text, but we'll refer to several others in the same chapter of Joshua chapter number 23. And I want to draw your attention this morning uh, to a truth, to a challenge for you and I. And uh, I'll hit on something that I think that we need to be reminded of. Uh, it's found in Joshua chapter number 23, and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 6, and we'll read down to verse number 8. And the Bible says, Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left, that ye come not among these nations, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them. But cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. We'll look at several things in chapter number 23, but I want us to see verse number 8 again, which will be our text verse this morning. But cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. This morning, I'm going to preach a message that I've entitled, don't let go of God. Don't let go of God. Father, I pray this morning that uh, you'll help us as we look into the Word of God. Uh, Father, there's some things that I am certain of. I'm certain this book is true. I'm certain that the Lord Jesus Christ died for all men. I'm certain that any that would call on His name today and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus would be saved. Father, I'm certain that you're a good God. I'm certain you're a faithful God, and you want to do a work in our hearts today. Father, I pray that as we put our attention on the verse of Scripture today, on the message, we'll allow the Holy Spirit of God to uh, speak to us, to work in our hearts. May He be our instructor today. And Father, if someone's unsaved, I pray that even now they begin to fall under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But I pray the whole, that same Holy Spirit will work in the heart of every uh, man, woman, boy, and girl in the service this morning. Uh, may we grasp hold of the message today, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Joshua chapter number 23 brings us uh, to the end of not just the book of Joshua, but it brings us to the end of the life of Joshua. Joshua, I believe, is an underappreciated Bible character. Uh, he's a great Bible character. He's one that we know about. We know he uh, we refer to him, but I believe Joshua uh, was a great, great uh, leader of God's people. God used him in a great way, and I believe there's much from his life we can learn. I want us to focus as we come to chapter number 23. Chapter 23 and chapter 24, uh, Joshua is giving his final words to the people. Uh, chapter 24, verse 15 is certainly a famous verse, a very familiar verse where Joshua says, choose you this day whom you will serve. And then he just goes ahead and makes a decision for his family. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. But there is much to be found in our text today. Uh, verse number one reads, and it came to pass a long time after that the Lord had given rest unto Israel and from all their enemies round about that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. Joshua is an old man now. Uh, much has happened from the chapter number one of this book when Joshua, God places Joshua as the leader of his people and the promises that God gives Joshua, just as I was with Moses, 
so I will be with you. This has nothing to do with my message this morning, but I just feel like reminding all of us, just as God was with Moses, He was with Joshua. And just as God is with Joshua, He's with you and I today. But he, Joshua now comes to the end of his life, and God has used Joshua at a very key and pivotal time in the history of the nation of Israel. Uh, he comes to the end of his life, and he's going to give his final remarks. He's going to give his last instructions to uh, his, not only his family, but to the people of God. And we find several things here. I noticed several things in the beginning of this chapter when we see, as I just read in verse 1, that the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all of their enemies. There's a lot that God had already done for them, and He reminds them in verse number 1, as by way of introduction this morning, of the victories that He's already given them. You read the book of Joshua, it was a time of war. It was a time of battle. It was a time of victory. And Joshua reminds them, first of all, I want you to be reminded of what God has already done for you. And this morning, could I take a moment to remind you and I what God has done for us? He has given us victories. Maybe you're here this morning, you say, I don't know what victory you're talking about, Pastor. Well, let me remind you of the most obvious and the most important one. Uh, God has given us a victory over sin. He's given us a victory over our own shortcomings. And that victory is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it a wonderful thought this morning that while we could not work our way to God, while we could not find our own forgiveness, God made a way and He sent His Son. And the Lord Jesus Christ, He conquered death. He conquered hell. He paid for our sin. What a victory. How can we not get excited when we sing the old hymn, Victory in Jesus? How can we not uh, reflect on what God has done for us through victory? So we can parallel that this morning. Joshua reminds them on his deathbed that God has given you victories. We see as he continues to speak in verse number 2, he calls for Israel to gather around all the elders, all the judges. Verse number 3, And ye have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is He that hath fought for you. Verse 4, Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes. He also reminds them of the blessings of God. Not only have they had victories, and not only has God vanquished their enemies, but now they have an inheritance that they're going to enjoy. And God has blessed them. And friends, this morning, can I just remind all of us in the building that everything we have is a blessing from God. Our salvation is a blessing from God. Our church is a blessing from God. What health we have is a blessing from God. Everything we have is a blessing from God. And what wonderful advice and what wonderful uh, truths that Joshua is reminding them of. His last words from his deathbed, if you will, his last admonition, uh, his last state of the union speech as the, as the leader of God's people. He reminds them of the inheritance. He reminds them of the blessings that God has provided. And friend, you and I don't have to think very long. Uh, we, it didn't take us very long to get out a pen and a piece of paper and start jotting down the blessings of God and the things that God has done for us. How can we not as a church rejoice in His blessings? How can we not as a people rejoice in His blessings? And child of God, as a Christian, how can you not rejoice in the blessings of God? What a reminder of the goodness of God and how He is blessed. 
We see verse number 5. We see in the Lord your God, He shall expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight. He's speaking to the enemies, speaking of the enemies of God. Notice what verse 5 says, And ye shall possess their land as the Lord your God hath promised you. We see that he reminds them of the promises that he has made. This morning we can rejoice in the obvious victories that God has given us and that would fill enough of our time and do enough in our hearts to rejoice in the victories that God has granted and we could go home. But then when you start thinking about the blessings that God has put on top of the victories and how he has blessed us, And then he reminds them of the promises. Friend, this morning, it doesn't take me very long to get excited. It doesn't take me very long to get full this morning when I think about the victory that God has granted in my own salvation. And then when my mind wanders from the victory to the blessings that God has provided, how can we not say what a good God? How can we not say what a great God? But we're not done yet. We can think about the victories. We can think about the blessings. But friend, this morning, let's not forget about all the promises that God has made. As I taught recently and earlier this, this past week, if God makes a promise, it's done. God makes a promise. There's no a question of, of, it might be a question of how or when, but there's not a question of whether or not it's going to be done. Joshua, as he begins in chapter number 23, and he's giving all of this admonition, he reminds them of victories. He reminds them of blessings. He reminds them of the promises of God. Friend, this morning we must be reminded of the victories, the blessings, the promises. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee is a promise of God. I go to prepare a place for you is a promise of God. I will return again is a promise of God. I'll be with you in the mountaintops is a promise of God. I'll provide for you when you don't know where provision is coming is a promise of God. I will hear you when you, when you speak to me. I'll, I'll hear you when you can't even formulate the words and I'll hear the groanings of your soul. Those are promises of God. He reminds the people these very important things and as we get to our text this morning, verse number 6 and verse number 7, we get to number 8. Joshua says, But cleave unto the Lord your God ye have done unto this day. He reminds them of victories. He reminds them of blessings. He reminds them of promises. Joshua is not done when he reminds them of the goodness of God. He's not done when he reminds them of the promises that he has given and the, the blessings that he has bestowed and Friend, you and I, we like to think about that, don't we? We like to talk about that. I get excited thinking of my own salvation. I get excited thinking of the blessings of God. But Joshua is going to flip the admonition here just a little bit. 
The focus has been on God, and the focus is a reminder, a very quick reminder of what God has done for them. And then he, he turns the conversation with a challenge to the people. But cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. See, there's no question, there's no debate whether or not we have a good God. There's no debating the blessings of God. There's no debating the victories that God has granted. This morning, the, the challenge is not on God to fulfill His promises. It's the very nature of God. His Word is true. His Word is sure. God is not able to tell a lie. The, the promises that he, is, he has made will come to fruition. But the focus now begins to come to the people of God. That's where I believe the Lord would have us put the focus today. But cleave unto the Lord your God. Cleave unto the Lord. That word cleave means to unite or be united in interest or affection. There's a union or a, a uniting because we have the same interest or the same affection to align with uh, strong affection. And he is not challenging God to be faithful to his people because God is faithful to his people. But he's saying as a reminder of the victories and the blessings and the promises, he's reminding, the reminder is to God's people to cleave unto the Lord, to unite or be united, to hold to him, to not let go of God. Because see, it is God who has brought them to this point. It is God who has brought them out of the bondage of Egypt. It was God who parted the Red Sea. It was God who vanquished the enemies. It was God who put the, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. It was God who provided water out of a rock. It was God who dropped that heavenly manna every day to provide for them. It was God who had defeated their enemies. It was God who had got them to this point. And Joshua was reminding them of some wonderful things about God. But then he turns to the people and says, Don't let go of God. You need to hang on to God. Don't leave Him. He'll never leave you. He never has left you. And friend, this morning, God will never leave you. He will never leave me. But friend, this morning, the message is not whether or not God will leave us. The message is the same as Joshua's challenge. Don't let go of God. Don't walk away from His victories. Don't walk away, Christian from the blessings. Don't walk away from the promises. We rejoice this morning in the fact that we have a God who doesn't walk away from us. We have a God who is faithful. We have a God who is true. But this morning, how sad it is that we can't say as God's people that we, aren't, we don't walk away from Him. And this morning, we need to make up our mind that we're not going to let go of God. And we want to hold on to God and Joshua's challenging them. Don't let go of God. Don't walk away from the blessings. Don't walk away from the promises. Don't walk away. This morning there's a lot of segments of people. There's some who have, all you've known is the church house from the time you were in the nursery. Your mom and dad were faithful to bring you to church from the time you were small. You've Heard every Bible story in Sunday school and 
Maybe this morning you sit in a service, you're a, a teenager this morning, or a young adult, or maybe even a young couple, or maybe you've had the privilege even as a middle-aged and older to be in church pretty much your whole life. But I want to say to you this morning, don't walk away from God. Don't let go of God. In your dark hours, you're going to be able to get comfort from the Word of God that God has never left me and God will not forsake me. And while I may not understand what God is doing, I know He is nearby. I know He is capable. But this morning, I want to challenge you to don't let go of God. There are some in this room, you've been led to Christ even in recent days. Somebody knocked on your door, a soul winner knocked on your door. Somebody came by in a church bus and picked you up and brought you to church. And you rejoice in God's providence of allowing you to hear the gospel. I would say to you this morning, don't let go of God. Don't walk away from God. There's some, you, you never grew as a Christian. You may have been saved before you came to the Emmanuel Baptist Church but being a part of God's group of people here, a part of this church, you've grown as a Christian. And maybe you're serving in capacities you never thought you could serve in. And maybe you're an usher this morning. Maybe you're singing in the choir. You have some other capacity that the Lord allows you to serve in. We can rejoice this morning of God's testimony. We can rejoice this morning of the blessings of God, the victories God has granted, the promises that God has made. But this morning, friend, don't walk away from God. Don't walk away from all that God has done for you. This morning it is a humbling thought that the God of heavens, the God who sits on this throne, the God who spoke this world into existence, the God who put every star in place, Named every star. That God, the Bible tells me, thinks of me. That God thinks of you. That God sees you in your lowest hours. That God knows your need. That God is aware of your, of your suffering, is aware of your weakness, is aware of your condition this morning. Oh, what a thought that the God of all gods, the God of creation, would dwell on us this morning. But friend, the challenge is not whether or not God would walk away from us. I want to echo the words of Joshua as he gives his farewell to the people he has been privileged to lead. As he says his goodbyes and his last admonishment to those people who God had entrusted him with, I'd like to echo his words this morning. Cleave unto your God. Don't let go of God. He even says, you've done well up to this point. As ye have done unto this day. Hey, we're in the house of God on a Labor Day weekend with a hurricane off of the coast this morning. We are here where we should be. We've done well up to this day. But in the future, don't walk away from God. Don't, don't let go of God. This morning, we must cleave to God. I'm just going to give us a few things to consider very quickly with this thought in mind. We see it in verse number 6. Be ye therefore very courageous keeping to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. Certainly in the day we live in, it is courageous to do all 
that is written in the book. The first thing I want to say to us this morning is to consider His Word. Before we let go of God, we need to consider His Word. The Bible you hold in your hands this morning, the Bible I preach from this morning, it is the very words of God. The Bible I have this morning is a perfect book. It is without error. It is, it is powerful enough to change any person. Say, I want to get my life on track. I want, I want to get, get things in order. You can't do it outside of the Word of God. The Word of God can clean up any old sinner. The Word of God has all of the answers. And before you let go of God, consider His Word. Before you walk away from the all that God has done for you, consider the Word of God. Friend, this morning, you can trust it. You can put your faith in it. You can depend on it. You can build your life on it. You can build your marriage on it. You can build your home on it. You can build your future on it. You can build your life on the Word of God. Consider the Word of God. It's no secret that the devil himself has tried to erase this book. It's no secret that the devil himself flees from the very words of God. We go to the pages of Scripture when, when Jesus was taken by Satan and he was tempted. Jesus himself used the words of God to make him flee. Used the very words of God that we have in Scripture to repel the temptation. What an example for you and I. I'll tell you this. You put down the word of God, you're more apt to letting go. But you find a Christian cleaves to the Word of God. And I'll show you a Christian cleaving to God Himself. You cannot separate God from His Word. This, 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 this heresy, this, this deceit of the devil himself that has permeated our society and even our churches. Well, well, I just, I just follow Christ, but I don't, I don't have to do what the Word of God says. Friend, you cannot separate the Lord Jesus Christ from the Word of God. You can't do it. Cleave to His Word. You'll cleave to God. Long before a child of God walks away from God. They put down the Word of God. Joshua says, be courageous. You better hold to the Word of God. Keep and to do. This morning, how are you keeping? How are you doing? The Word of God. Oh, you hear it a lot today. You hear it from even preachers, but you hear it from Christians. Oh, I'd never turn my back on God. I'll stand for God in this day. If you don't ever pick up that book, if you don't ever hold to that book, if you don't keep this book, you don't do the work of God, you're not, you're not standing for God. You cannot stand for God outside of the Word of God. Cleave to the Word of God. Get in the Word of God every single day. If you're not a member of a Bible preaching church, move your membership to this church. This is a Bible preaching church. Be in a place where the Word of God is preached. But friend, tomorrow morning, you get up and you open God. God's word and you let God speak to you, you let God instruct you, you let God comfort you, you let God convict you, hold to the word of God. Well, I don't like this Bible tells me there's some things in my life I need to change. Well, change it, friend. That's why God gave it to us. We must cleave to the word of God. Hey, if you don't want to walk away from God, you better get in this book, stay in this book. In my life, I've had the privilege growing up in the house of God, seeing the things of God. 
And it's sad to see some who serve God so faithfully walk away. Sunday school teachers walk away from Sunday school classes. Preachers walk away from pulpits. What happened? They let go of God. I don't know the circumstances of every situation. Quite frankly, don't care to know, don't need to know. But I guarantee you, somewhere along the line, consideration from the Word of God changed. I, 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 I just don't like what the Bible tells me, my friend. That reminds us that we need the Bible. Don't let go of God. Consider His Word. Number two, we find in the same verse, verse number six, that ye turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left. The second thing I would ask, ask us to consider this morning is to consider his leadership. Can I just say very simply to you and I this morning, you can trust the leadership of God. I didn't say you'll always understand the leadership of God. I didn't say you'll always agree with the leadership of God. But you can trust the leadership of God. We want to consider His Word so that we don't go to the right hand or to the left. We don't want to turn aside. Too many Christians today, uh, we, we, get, we get mad at a lost world for being lost. We condemn the ungodly for being ungodly. When we were ungodly and would be ungodly without the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet the responsibility is on us to not turn aside. To not put down the word of God. To not go to the right hand or to the left or not be swayed by public opinion or not be swayed by the culture of the day. And I just want to trust the leadership of God. I want to trust the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. And let me just say it in case it needs to be said. The Holy Spirit of God is not going to lead you outside of what this book says for you and I to do. We must consider the leadership. I can use my own life as a testimony this morning. I have not understood every direction the Lord has taken in my own life. But I've lived long enough and I've seen God do enough to know that I can trust Him with the leadership. Know that I can depend on Him as He leads. To know that He'll never take me where He doesn't want me to be and He'll never provide, He'll never be a time where He doesn't provide for me to get there. And friend, if you don't know what God has in your life this morning, that's why you must cleave to Him. You must consider the Word of God. You must build that relationship with Him and you must consider His leadership. Our own church, we could give testimony. You'd be lying to me if you told me that every time I came to the pulpit and said, guess what we're doing? You said, that sounds like a great idea. But has God not proven in His leadership that He knows His ways are above our ways? Consider the leadership of God. I'm thankful that God, through the years, I've always been able to be privileged, and it's a, it's a, it's a blessing of God to know and fellowship with great men of God. 
But I trust his leadership more than I trust their leadership. I trust his guiding more than his guiding. Friend, if I could use the analogy this morning as pastor to people, and God does give his people a pastor to help shepherd them and guide them and lead them. And I think you know, and I just want to reiterate to you this morning, you have a pastor that loves you and prays for you and will battle for you. And will, if I even have to fight you for you, I'll do it. And I, I believe you can trust me, and I want you to trust me. But, friend, this morning, more than trusting a pastor, more than trusting anybody else, you must trust the leadership of God. Thirdly and finally, and I'm out of time, and I just have three this morning. We find in verse number 9 and 10, For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong. But as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you as he that promised you. I love verse number 10 because Joshua reminds them again, it's not about numbers. It's not about majority. It's not about how mighty the enemy is. Because when God's involved, one man will chase a thousand. He begins to remind them of what God has already done. And the third thing I would ask us to consider this morning is to consider the record. All of us are going to face spiritual battles. God fights our battles for us. This morning, if we took the time, we could probably go around the building and Many would give testimony of how they could point to times in their life when they've been engaged in a spiritual battle and God fought the battle for them. That would be wonderful to put our focus and our attention on, but friend, this morning, I would just like to remind us that there are times when God is fighting battles for us that we're not even aware of them. But I, I want to draw your attention to verse number 14 as we consider his record. And friend, this morning as the challenge of not letting go of God. And I'm convinced that Christians, we need to, we need to get a hold of this. And we want to have what we call it's a, a praise and worship service at the faithfulness and goodness of God without any of the responsibility that we have to hold to God, to cleave to God, to not let go of God. As we consider his record, look at verse number 14, and behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. He reminds them, my time here is done. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. You've got to underline in your Bible those words, not one thing. Joshua said, my day is done. My time is over. And in your hearts, you know his record. And I'm going to be gone, and everybody's got to decide. My challenge to you is to cleave unto God. Don't let go of God. His record is one of not one thing has He failed in. Not one thing 
has he not been enough? Not one thing, not one time was his word not true. Not one promise has he not fulfilled. Not one day has he been unfaithful. Not one thing can you think of. That is the record of God. This morning in conclusion... Christian, are you in a trial today? Don't let go of God. Are you facing hardships? Is there something on the horizon? Don't let go of God. Are you in a valley? Comfort yourself this morning. He's the God of the mountaintop, but He's certainly the God of the valley. And no matter what we go through, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But too many times in the valley, in the midst of the presence of God, it's not God who flees. It's not God who walks away. It is the child of God who fails to cleave. He walks away from God. Friend, in the valley... Don't you walk away from God. In the hardship, don't you walk away from God. In the difficulty, don't you walk away from God. In the uncertainty, don't you walk away from God. His victories have been too great in your life. And He saved your soul. He paid your sin debt. Don't you walk away from God in your trial. Hey, be reminded of the the blessings of God. Don't you walk away from those. Don't you walk away from the promises. No matter what we face, cleave. Unto God. Cleave unto Him. Don't walk away from God. We can rejoice this morning in the faithfulness and goodness of God. And quite frankly, that's my favorite kind of preaching. This morning, the Lord sent your pastor here to highlight the words of Joshua. As we're reminded, God never failed us. Don't let go of Him. Don't let go of Him. In just a few moments, our invitation will begin. I'm convinced that there are Christians who need to make up their mind, make a covenant with God, make a vow, holy vow to Him that I'll never let you go. No matter what the circumstances, I'll never let you go. No matter the uncertainty, I'll never let you go. No matter the battle, I'll never let you go. Friend, this morning we have a God who's faithful. If you're here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, get that settled today. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not even promised another hour. And friend, heaven is a real place and hell is a real place. And every soul is going to spend their eternity in one place or the other. And the only way we have assurance of an eternity in heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't work your way there. You can't inherit it. It's not something that is earned. It only comes by the grace of God through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get that settled today. And Christian... Have you let go of God? Have you let Him go? Can you think of a time in your life when you used to be faithful to the things of God and you're not now? God didn't leave you. He didn't let you go. Perhaps you let go of God. Young people, teenagers, single adults, young couples... Make the promise now. Make the vow now. I'm not going to let him go. Because hard times will come.
unexpected tears will be shed. Joshua is an aged man. Don't let go of God. Don't let go of God. Father, I pray this morning.